Hello. So should we get this show on the road? You know it. We'll be done by eight. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. Goal is to be done by eight. Let's do it. Cool. Go team. Woo. And we're here, even though we've been whole time. In your ears. Mm, Hello. Did you miss us? Yeah, because last week was trash, so. Sorry. There was like, literally everyone I know was like, yeah, this week sucks, so. Oh. Like, as a whole, the week sucks? Yes. I know multiple people who confided in me and they're like, Katie, I just had a massive panic attack on Wednesday for no reason. This week broke people. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was. I think I blame leap year. That extra day throws you the fuck off, man. But like, yeah, it was rough. But this weekend, I've chilled. I've recharged. I'm feeling much better. Life is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me briefly fill you in on everything Ooh. that happened. Um, What's the dish? What's the drama? Oh, yeah. This is not going on the podcast. But Oh. <laughs> Mercury retrograde, man. Fucked everyone up. It's truly ha- – like, it amazes me – how much more shit is hitting the fan than average. And I like, I truly, I'm starting to truly believe because I'm like, wow, all of this stuff wouldn't be happening otherwise. Like, why is it all happening at once at least? That's just how it goes. When it rains, but, it pours. But I have calmed down. I recharged this weekend. It was 70 degrees today, sunny. Mm beautiful it's gonna be like 60 degrees all week i'm thrilled um yesterday like we went hiking which was wonderful and then we went out to dinner with some of his friends and then we went to his friend's place and watched return of the king so all in all fantastic day Mm -hmm. and yeah then today we literally laid in bed until like two Mm-hmm. I got shit done, but I was like, I'm going to sit in bed and we're going to watch Vikings and it's great. Ooh. Yeah. So that was the recap on my week, but let's, let's crack it. Let's crack into it, I guess. Crack into it. Let's crack into it. All right. Okay. So guys. what are we talking about this week? Yeah. So you all missed that wonderful, um, mono, not monologue, but talking session that just happened, but you know, mm-hmm. we're back for the third time. Um, so this week we are talking about how there is a need for more pizza rolls and less gender rolls. Am I right? Actually, I was thinking a need for speed, but also also for speed. Um, but you know, it's 2020 and the best thing that millennials have canceled is gender roles. So Mm -hmm. next, next will be capitalism, but that's a different subject for a different day until Um, then. Yes. So today we wanted to talk about, because a lot of people listen to our um, feminism and money episode where we talked about kind of the gender roles of finances. Um, And so I asked Katie, I was like, have we actually talked about like gender roles in relationships and kind of deconstructing that? And she was like, no. So um, that is what we're talking about today to kind of kick back or get back into the swing of things thing. Mm -hmm. Um, because, I mean, for any relationship, obviously there's sort of a role dynamic um, and our society really likes to, you know, put pressure on people and also categorize people into two things. So we're going to talk about that. Um, but to kick it off, Katie has yeah. a uh, Reddit post that she came across that really gets things going. Gets things going. I also suddenly got on a twitter kick and followed a bunch of like best of reddit threads twitters naturally um but this is just a crazy one from the relationships one starts off with my husband hasn't cooked since we got married over a year ago my husband chris and i both 26 were together for two years before we got married We did not live together beforehand because we both have strict religious immigrant parents, and in our culture, it is simply not done. When Chris and I were dating, he bragged all the time about how well he could cook. He talked about how he took cooking courses as electives in high school because he got to eat the food he cooked, and he could meet girls. (laughs) I get it, Chris. 
He talked about how much he loved it and how he was able to cook his own food in college, unlike his housemates. He often cooked for me when we were dating to, quote, impress me. And he was actually a really great cook. This was a huge turn-on because sexist traditional roles are kind of ingrained in our culture and girls are forced to learn to cook when while boys aren't. Example, my sister and I were forced to cook with our mom when I was like 12 while my brother and ma- male cousins don't know how to cook at all. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I saw the stress that my mom experienced always having to cook for my dad even though she worked full-time as a pharmacist only to have him complain about the food half the time. My dad never cooked. My mom felt it was her duty and obligation as a wife. Although I actually love to cook, I promised myself I would never end up with a man who refused to cook. A big reason I was initially attracted to Chris is because he was from our culture, good for my parents, but he could actually cook well. He's a great guy in many other areas, but I'm going to be honest, that is what initially attracted me to him. However, we've been married for a bit over a year and he completely stopped cooking. At first, it kind of made sense why I did most of the cooking because he worked longer hours than me, so I didn't really complain that much initially. And But even on Saturdays or Sundays when we both don't work, he just won't cook. If I could ask, if I ask him to cook, he'll insist on ordering something or warm up leftovers and, or microwave meals. Most of the time, he'll just say he's really tired and beg me to cook. Don't get me wrong, I love cooking and at least... He, He is at least very, very complimentary of my cooking and always appreciative, but I'm getting a little frustrated because I kind of feel tricked and manipulated. Before we got married, he was all about cooking to impress me. Since we got married, he's cooked maybe three full meals, and each time it was a big deal and he treated it like a special favor. I tried talking... I try talking to him about it whenever he makes me feel like I'm nagging, but when I do, he makes me feel like I'm nagging. He'll say he works so much and is tired and I'm such a great cook and I make the best food. It feels like I'm practically begging him to cook. I'm so frustrated about the switch up. He's a great guy in other aspects. He's kind and protective and a hard worker. This has become a huge issue for me. This trait also carries into a lot of other household chores. He often helps wash the dishes after we eat, though I often have to remind him to. But when it comes to sweeping, mopping, dusting, wiping counters, etc., I practically have to force him to help me. And he'll complain about how we don't have to sweep every day. However, this is not as hurtful to me as the cooking because I feel like most guys aren't good cleaners, which is more bullshit gender rules, ma'am. Calm down. He wasn't really the most organized or neat when we got to dating. But the cooking thing, I was just blindsided because he cooked a lot when we got ma- before we got married. I need advice on this, blah, 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 blah. It's Reddit. But this is, like, not as structured of a there, – there's never, like, a structured gender role question of, like, my boyfriend makes me cook. And they, I came across another one that was about, like, some dude wanting his neighbor to cook for her him because he could smell her cooking all the time and like oh she's a woman wouldn't she want to cook for me no but like in the scope of like relationships and interpersonal things in your life dear listener wanted to get into the headspace of like oh i do have a relationship where i do all the lady things or he does all the man things is that okay i don't know amanda is it okay you know let's find out after this break let's find out Oh, good work. You're welcome. And we're back. So, in true Amanda fashion, um, I decided to start this, you know, I was about to dive deep into gender roles and deconstructing all of that. And then I realized people might not understand a lot of the terminology I'm going to use um, because it's it's more than just, um, oh, the man does this, oh, the woman does this, because gender is more than just the binary of man and woman. Mm -hmm. And so I kind Mm -hmm. of, I wanted to explore that. Um, And so naturally I'm going to provide some background and some definitions um, Mm -hmm. per usual. And then I'll kind of, and then I'll kind of dive into my thoughts on it, um, which are pretty short and sweet, but I think 
it's all relevant. It's all important. And it helps you having a greater understanding of kind of where gender roles come from and all of that is important in helping to deconstruct it. So um, what are gender roles, you may ask? Well, according to our dear friend, Merriam-Webster, gender roles. Yeah, right. Gender roles are defined as the role or behavior learned by a person as appropriate to their gender determined by the prevailing cultural norms. So pretty broad, Mm. um, but it's essentially society basically tells you what they are. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to kind of break down the basics before, like I said, I deep dive. Um, Historically in Western, I'm specifically talking United States culture, you know, there exists two genders, man, woman. Um, generally, one is a gender is assigned at birth depending on whether or not the physician sees a penis on the baby. Like literally, that is how mm-hmm. gender is determined. Do you see a penis? No, it's a girl, which is super problematic um, for a billion reasons because there are people who are intersex where they Mm -hmm. have a penis, but it might not look like it. Um, There are chromosomal, hormonal, anatomical differences. Like there's anatomical structures internally, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you might have a penis, but you could also have ovaries. Like there's a lot of different things that can happen that could go into sex determination. Um, The human body is not one or two things. Yeah, it's not a binary. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think figuring out, and that's even like, you are A or B, you are tall or short, you are, like, anything like that. Like, all species exist on a spectrum. Nothing is purely alike because that's how evolution happens. Exactly. Um, And so, you know, that's kind of historically, if you are, uh, you know, told that you're male, if the baby is a male, then it's a man. And if you're yeah. female, you're a woman. So that's kind of where the gender binary comes from. The binary meaning two. Um, so man, woman, female, male. And so, you know, they're excluding intersex. They're excluding people who are agender or, you know, gender nonconforming, things like that. Mm-hmm. Which we'll talk about what those are. Yeah. Um, so, you know, placing something on a binary for anything is, you know, basically saying things are black or white. There's no middle ground. You know, it's one or the Mm -hmm. other. And that's toxic because, you know, you're excluding a lot of different elements that kind of go into that as well as you are erasing a lot of people's identity when we're talking specifically about gender and sex. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially for people, we won't, I'm not going to deep dive into those who are intersex. Um, For for people who are like, what the fuck is intersex? Growing up when you take biology and you hear about like hermaphrodite, Mm -hmm. which is a very outdated term, by the way, but I'm just saying it so people can be like, oh, that is a way in which one could be intersex if they've got those like XXY chromosomes or things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So just FYI. Yeah, Um, I think there's also an issue of like, we are telling you that like things are not black and white because you could be excluding a lot of people who do not display in this two group is situation oh absolutely story time story time because i see that i see your notes last weekend my family came to the city we went axe throwing great awesome fun however i live adjacent to boys town we have a lot more like lgbt folks in the area it's great my parents have occasionally made comments about like it's interesting or like it's different to see two men holding hands on the street because they like don't have that in the suburbs but we're sitting there minding our own fucking business talking to my family and they just go super fucking quiet in this axe throwing facility because next to us in like the lane because it's like bowling lane style is a pretty apparently transgender person teaching people how to throw axes and they just like never they don't like see trans people out and about so they got really quiet and started eavesdropping like oh my god look at it and i was like guys you're so fucking embarrassing they're like generally pretty chill and like live however you want to live like do whatever you want to do but they having having not seen it in action before 
on a normal basis, they all got real quiet so they could eavesdrop on this person like, oh, what does their voice sound like? Well, how do they talk? Well, who are they? Oh, she calls her herself Emily. Emily has a very deep voice. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so fucking embarrassing. Yeah. So that – Yeah. So that goes into gender roles, gender expression, all of that stuff. And so hopefully if you take anything away from this episode, you at least learn these terms and kind of learn how your internal biases um, kind of affect the way that you think about things, talk about things, and you can kind of challenge some of those if they are a little bit problematic. Um, And you can learn a thing or two. So you know, learn to not stare at the nice girl with pink hair as she does her fucking job, family. (laughs) but yes so you know when we're talking specifically about the gender binary hit the table uh nothing is entirely feminine or masculine you know it's everything's on a spectrum just like gender um Mm. but here are some buzzwords before we begin that are from psychology today as well as the dictionary um this is not a complete list so keep that in mind um and I'm also not an expert, so if I, you know, say anything wrong, just let me know. But uh, gender identity is defined as a person's perception of having a particular gender, which, you know, um, is what they feel. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can be assigned uh, male sex at birth and raised, like, as a man, but feel like a woman. Um, or feel like you don't belong anywhere. Um, gender expression is the way in which a person expresses their gender identity. So this is going to be what they wear, their mannerisms, their voice, um, pretty much everything that they kind of show to the world. So part of having a gender, gender identity is internal, internal feelings. Gender expression is external. Um, it's your expression of how you feel inside, Mm -hmm. um, cisgender um so that's cis cis gender so that's someone whose gender identity and gender expression are the same as the sex they were assigned so Mm. um a lot of people you know they i they're assigned female at birth they identify as a woman and that's totally Mm -hmm. cool or vice versa male man um transgender so that's someone whose gender identity and or expression is different from the sex they were assigned at birth and additionally You know, I give these definitions, but the individuals, they get to decide for themselves where they fall in this category. Mm -hmm. You know, like someone who might say that their gender expression is different from the ones that they were assigned at birth is, you know, they might not identify as trans and that's fine. I'm not going to tell them that they are. So FYI, just throwing out the definitions that I found from either the dictionary or psychology today. Um, non-binary or gender non-conforming. So that's someone who does not define their gender based on the binaries of man and woman. So, or gender fluid. Um, typically those three are kind of put together, like clumped Mm -hmm. together. Um, so someone can identify as any of those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I find that there's a clear, distinct difference when you do meet people who identify as either non-binary, gender non-conforming, or uh, gender fluid. Like, there is a difference mm -hmm. in the way they present themselves, which is really interesting to see. But it's it's very personal. It's very, very personal. I also see a lot more... Like, how do I I say this? I see a lot more, like, penis people being... uh, gender fluid than I do vagina people, which I think is interesting. But that's also because women are allowed, societally allowed to kind of play with gender expression. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's socially acceptable for me to wear pants, a t-shirt or dress more like tomboyish than it is for a man to wear a skirt. Oh yeah. So I I find that just like identification and the terminology and how it coincides with different groups. Very interesting, but you're totally right. Yeah, like I feel like my gender expression is very fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I feel personally. My gender identity um, is definitely predominantly woman, but mm-hmm. or like I have more like womanness, I guess. But I still also feel masculine in many ways. Um, but I feel like my gender expression is very fluid. I identify personally. I identify as cisgender, but I think that's more because I feel very empowered identifying as a woman. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't really give a fuck about gender roles. 
And I have that privilege because I'm a woman and women are allowed to explore. Like, it's totally fine for me to wear suspenders and a bow tie to work, mm-hmm. you know, if I wanted I to. Really, actually, this is going to be my happy ending, but I bought a really nice loafers today that I'm very oh, excited. I fucking very, love like, men's style loafers. Oh, I'm very excited to wear them. I want to um, get, like, a blazer to go with it. Nice. But, but yeah, so I think that's why you see more, as you say, penis people um, or see, or, you know, what do you mean by penis people, I guess? People who have a penis on their body. But how do you know if they have a penis? Sometimes they'll tell you. That's true. That's I mean, fair. like Jonathan Van Ness, for example. We don't know, but I think we can be pretty sure that he's got a penis. They've got a penis. He's using he or is he using they? They, they them. They. Yes. Sorry. No, you're good. JVN, we can infer a lot that they've got a penis, mm-hmm. but like, it's not my business. Yeah. But I don't okay. know. Like, it was like, it's not my fucking business for most of this, but like, I find, I think the way you want to express who you are as a person, like, can be super fucking fun and you should have fun with it. Yeah. Um, and then there's a gender, which is a little less common. So that's someone who identifies as not having a gender at all. I think a lot of people might conflate that with non-binary or gender non-conforming because they are kind mm-hmm. of fluid in that. But I feel like people who identify as a gender are probably like, uh-uh. So they're probably, I think, I don't know, I guess that would be more the umbrella term for the non-binary gender non-conforming. Yeah. But... I've never, I've never, just be like, I don't have a gender. Like, yeah, I've never met someone who identifies as a gender. So if you're out there and you're listening, I would love to hear from you on um, your experience. But DM us, send us info because, yeah, I'm, what is that like? I feel like you'd have to be like real hard stance on I am a gender. I don't have a gender. Yeah. I'm in a reasonable being. I just, I wonder how that differs from non binary and gender non conforming. Um, I know it does. I just am curious on it. But, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, and also with pronouns like he, him, uh, she, her, hers, and then also um, they, them, people Mm -hmm. automatically will assume pronouns, obviously, based off of people's gender expression. Um, Or they'll say, like, is it a he, she? (laughs) Or, (laughs) and I just want to point out, um, I'm not going to go into pronouns because I feel like that can be, like... (laughs) How to not be an asshole can be a whole different mm-hmm. episode, but they, but they them although grammatically sound like feels weird in your mouth to say, um, it is part of the dictionary. It is an actual like the singular they is an actual word um, that can be used. So if you know you have someone, I th- I would recommend essentially just trying not to assume people's gender and just referring to people as they them. Um, just because the more you practice it the easier it'll get like and the less weird it'll feel just use the formal usted fuck it yeah that (laughs) that too usted um so (laughs) only speak spanish that they have it covered (laughs) even though spanish is a very like binary language yeah but for that one polite thing not binary that's so true um so yeah, but I'm not going to deep dive into pronouns because I feel like these these terms of gender identity, gender expression, and all of that is kind of a lot anyway. So mm-hmm. if you have questions, feel free to reach out. I, you know, I'm not an if expert. If you have experiences, feel free to reach out. Like, oh, we as well. To be able to share how you feel and how you define it. Yeah. So how does this affect dating, you may ask? Um, well... Considering our society has accepted the binary, there are generally two categories for roles in a relationship. The man, which is seen as the dominant, and the the woman, which is seen as submissive. Mm -hmm. So for men, um, for the man, which even for like people who are in same-sex relationships uh, that are like lesbian couples um or two two women yeah who's the guy who's who wears the pants in the relationship that's fucked up gender roles so typically men are seen as the breadwinner they're seen as not really showing their emotions they're typically the financial individual so they pay for everything Mm -hmm. make the most money 
Um, yeah, they're seen as kind of like the protector of the family. They're confident. They might be a little bit more aggressive. Um, those are just kind of some examples. For women, they're typically seen as submissive. They're emotional and nurturing, very motherly. Um, stay-at-home mom or wives, they're the ones doing the cleaning and the cooking, taking care of the house, even though the man's going to be the one that's going to repair everything. The mm-hmm. women are the ones responsible of making homes look nice. Um, they're less financially supporting career. Um, they're definitely not going to be career focused. Um, they are quiet, unopinionated. It's like hurting me to say these things. Um, right. Willing to sacrifice things for the man and family. <laughs> like, yeah. What? So those are, those are general, those are general like gender roles in a relationship. Um, like like the story at the top, like, oh, you're the woman, you're the one who cooks, you're the one who home makes. Yes. The man and works longer hours, he doesn't have to do those things. Yeah, which is just so much bullshit. Um, so is this necessary is it necessary to have gender roles in relationships anymore? Fuck no. Um, it never truly was. We just made it important. Yes. Is it difficult to challenge these ingrained societal norms? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, my gender expression, as I said, in identity is relatively cisgendered, but it's also fluid. Um, although I identify as a woman, I really don't stick roles to it. And I have that privilege, as I mentioned, because women typically have more availability to, um, be fluid in that way in their expression. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like I have strong attributes of the feminine and masculine, but honestly, to me, it doesn't matter. Like I don't spend a lot of time ruminating on it. Um, every person has feminine and masculine sides. That's, I mean, because those, the idea of feminine and masculine are societal constructs in general. So everyone has emotions. Everyone has a personality. Everyone has something that they bring to the table. That's either presumably feminine or presumably masculine you know it's not one if you're a man you're not just 100 percent masculine you're not just testosterone mm-hmm. um you still have estrogen in your body and vice versa so mm-hmm. one having one does not directly contradict the other um my partner and i to society would appear to be breaking a lot of gender roles um i'm taller i make more money um would be more i guess traditionally masculine Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, the thing is, is that we don't, we personally don't define our roles, obviously, because I mean, we both kind of identify as fluid in the way that we express our gender. Um, Mm -hmm. and especially in the relationship. So we're both feminine and masculine. I mean, he likes to be nurtured and he's emotional and, um, all of those things. And, you know, but so do I. And so it just, I mean, we balance each other. We're both very protective, um, but being protective and outspoken, you know, isn't strictly masculine. Um, and being emotional and nurturing isn't strictly feminine. So it's just all a bunch of baloney in my opinion. It was, mm-hmm. and I was telling him earlier, cause he was sitting next to me while I was typing this out. And I was like, it's so hard to put all of this in writing. Um, because we don't, it was a conversation we had when we kind of first started dating And, um, you know, I had to be very reflective and challenge, you know, a lot of internalized misogyny and Mm -hmm. gender roles that I was drilled to believe were law because the fact that he was shorter than me and, you know, he definitely was in touch with his emotions and like his mannerisms could be seen as quote unquote feminine, um, which at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. Like I still love this person and our relationship is incredibly healthy. It's communication based and it's not defined by these societal expectations. And I would not change anything about it. Mm -hmm. Um, We honestly don't see gender as an issue for ourselves personally, because we don't really think about it. We're both, I mean, we just are very, um, I guess we work well in that way because we're both pretty similar. Um, We just balance each other out. We accept each other for who we are and we kind of embrace every aspect of it. And so it's very refreshing and I wouldn't trade it for a thing. I mean, we both cook, we both clean. Um, Even though I make more money, it really doesn't fucking matter. We both pay for shit. Um, You know, 
our expectations are not gender based. I mean, it's simply mm-hmm. human based. You know, we we don't want to be dickheads to each other, and we want to have good communication. And so, I think gender roles are more harmful than helpful because you are putting people in boxes, and it's not fair. Um, and something I'm else, trying to tell people who they need to be, y'all. Yeah. And something else, because like I refer to him as my partner and we're in a heterosexual relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that is a very controversial thing, especially for people within the LGBTQ plus community, because in some ways um, that's, you know, that's something that they have and they don't want, you know, straight people to take that away. And I get that. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually came across this post and I think it perfectly describes how And the reason why him and I use it, or one of the reasons we use it, um, and it says, you know, straight people using partner to refer to their significant other actually helps normalize the term so that LGBTQ folks can use it without automatically outing themselves to strangers. And it also helps straight Mm -hmm. people get comfortable with the fact that strangers aren't entitled to information about other people's gender or sexuality. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really important because a big reason why we agreed on the term partner or significant other is because we both hate like the term boyfriend or girlfriend because that denotes gender roles. And we're like, literally what the fuck? I'm like, I mean, I honestly hate it. Like saying in a professional setting, like, I don't know, I was in a meeting with like a client and I said something about like, Oh, my boyfriend babysits these dogs. And I was like, I sound like a fucking child saying that. (laughs) Um, My boyfriend does this for me. No, I sound like a fucking baby. (laughs) <laughs> my partner does this sounds like pretty fucking professional and pretty fucking legit yeah so yeah i mean it's definitely and i've gotten looks about it and I've, but i've actually had a lot of conversations with people about it because i'll be like my partner blah 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 and then i'll be like he blah 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 because you can see their like eyebrow raise like oh my god is she mm-hmm. queer blah and then god, they're like oh it's he and i'm like that still doesn't tell you whether or not i'm queer but mm-hmm. um and you know It's just, it's very, it's very interesting. Um, But I've had a lot of good conversations because people have asked me, they're like, you know, why do you use the term partner? And I was like, well, A, because we don't really like to be, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend denotes roles. Whether or not you intend to, it does. Mm -hmm. You know, like that, he is, he is expected to do things because he is the boyfriend and I am expected to act a certain way because I am the girlfriend. And Mm -hmm. we don't like that because... It's it's a partnership. Our relationship, it's it's equal. You know, there mm-hmm. are no, there's no roles. I mean, there's roles in that we are significant others to each other and, you know, we're loyal to each other and things like that. But mm-hmm. there's no, you're expected to do this. I'm expected to do that. Granted, I did tell him to not ever trust me with the finances because I'm very good at spending money and terrible at saving it. But that's just a personal flaw. That has nothing yeah. to do with the fact that I'm a woman. But um, yeah, so it, I think gender roles are far more harmful than they are helpful. And it's Mm -hmm. very, it's not easy to um, just like kind of jump into a relationship like that, Um, Mm -hmm. especially when you've been told your whole life. And especially if you are cisgendered and heterosexual, you know, you're expected to act a certain way and whatnot. And I'm like, I was the first one to say, I love you. I kissed him first. Um, all of these things that are supposed like traditionally masculine, mm-hmm. um, the guy's supposed to do that first. And I was like, fuck that. If I want to say it, if I want to do it, obviously with consent for like kissing, but um, <laughs> you know, if I want to say I love you first, then that's fine. If you're not ready to say it, that's cool. But like, this is how I feel and I'm tired of holding it in. Mm-hmm. And we've, I mean, not, we're obviously not talking about like getting married, but we've talked about like engagements in general because I had like some people that I know get engaged. Mm-hmm. And then we were just talking about kind of the gender roles of that, like the man having to be the one to propose. And we were both kind of like, yeah, it's kind of silly because I mean, there's also a few celebrities who like kind of opened up about how they um, proposed to their partner who's a guy. Mm-hmm. And so it was just really interesting. And, um, I mean, sometimes it's definitely uncomfortable because, you know, my whole life I've heard a lot of women just be like, I would only date a guy who's six foot tall or taller. And I'm like, that's bullshit. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm dating someone who's an inch shorter than me. And then when I wear shoes, it that 
gap, you know, gets larger. Mm-hmm. Um, do you but think it's that was fun. initially, do, do you think, because I remember talking to you about it and you were worried about this. Was it a, an attraction issue or did the overall attraction overcome the height or was it like a masculinity thing? Like, I, I want to wear heels next to him. Um, I think it was, it was not so much about height. It was because on our first date, we kind of, he kind of talked about gender identity and how he kind of struggles with, um, the way he perceives like traditional masculinity and toxic masculinity and all that. Mm -hmm. And that was interesting to me because I was like, oh, I don't like, I, I don't know how he identifies and all of these things. So I started kind of questioning, I was like, wow, like, you know, how I perceive myself and my gender expression and things like that. And so it was kind of a lot of things. The hype Mm -hmm. played a part. It was more – it definitely – I mean, the attraction overall obviously overcame it. And I realized I was being ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I realized that, you know, I sit here and I talk about abolishing gender roles, right? And here I am struggling with it. You got got to walk the walk, baby cakes. Yeah. And so I was like, that's really hypocritical of me to be like, oh, he's shorter than me. Oh, um, he's, cause he was very vulnerable and emotional. And I was like, what the fuck guys are not like this, but that's mm-hmm. because I was dating, you know, I was dating an asshole for nine months prior to that. And so, mm-hmm. um, it's just, you know, I was breaking down those generals and toxic masculinity in my own head and my own internalized biases about that. And I had to check myself. Because I, yeah, I, I talk about getting rid of gender roles and how gender's stupid. And then here I am kind of forcing them on a person that I just met. And I was like, that's bullshit. And then we went on a second date and I was like, I am absolutely smitten with this person. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't so, fucking matter. Yeah. And it's like but, attraction isn't based in gender. It isn't, it's attraction. Yeah. And, and I mean, he identifies as a guy, but, or, um, but we kind of talked about just kind of the traditional – it was more of the identity of, like, a traditional, like, masculine mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And just more of, like, talking, like, toxic masculinity. But – Yeah. Um, I, think I think what I found in my research also really supports the way you guys have conducted yourselves. Yes. And I think the main point I was going to make is that it is – it can be uncomfortable and that's okay. Mm-hmm. but you kind of need to sit with that discomfort and ask yourself, why is it making you uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. And then kind of deconstruct that. And that is what mm-hmm. I did. And generals at the end of the day, um, generals are stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, they can definitely help people. You know, some, I, I'm very strong in that. Like, you know, I'm a strong independent woman. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I love being a woman, but at the end of the day, I still acknowledge that gender roles are fucking dumb. So they're really fucking dumb, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think pivoting. Um, I'm not even subtle anymore. It's fine. I think your whole relationship is an example of the positive results you can have when you do disregard gender roles and really cre- create an effort to date authentically. Because what I found looking through, guys, Amanda does definitions and I do science. You know this by now, right? (laughs) Right? What I found looking for my research and sticking primarily to, like, scientific journals, um, I ended up finding, like, one good article with Psych Today. Gender roles are these things constructed by people in power and performed out in our society. And where do you go knowing that? when you ask someone to coffee or they ask you for a drink or how do you, okay, this exists. This is probably not cool. How do you operate within it, around it and exist with it and be sure gender roles are bad. They perpetuate inequalities between men and women and erase opportunity for expression with our non-binary friends. But at the time, like, Being a woman trying to date men, I feel like you're oftentimes told things like, don't be too much, don't scare him off, don't be this because he won't like it. Because a woman who acts like a man is liable to intimidate a man. Mm -hmm. Which is part of the performative nature of gender roles. If you 
act out the one that isn't yours, there's going to be a problem. You will be punished. People won't like you. And that's women, people not liking you is supposed to be this big threat. Women are supposed to be liked by people. Oh my God, we just, we're driven by it. No, fuck that, guys. First of all, fuck that shit. Mm -hmm. Second of all, maybe you're like me. And you're really loud, just like naturally on an eight at all times. I don't know why. (laughs) And mostly confident and you make money and you want to pay for things and you have strong opinions and you wear pants (laughs) because those are, you know, man things. Mm -hmm. And you, I've been pushed into a struggle between being authentically myself and being authentically all of those things and being able to say, fuck it if someone doesn't like it or being told to or actively toning it down to attract someone to me and I read a psych today article that provided a pretty solid example I think it's a little heady but like we'll get into it Susan is a very successful executive she's headed out to her second date with Jim a guy she's feeling excited about just as she's closed the biggest deal of her career and she's walking on air bursting with excitement She can't wait to share her success with Jim, but then she remembers the dating advice she's heard again and again. If you're not in touch with your femininity, you won't be able to attract guys. If you're too powerful, you'll turn them off. So soften up or run the risk of failure in love. Which is like a little much. My mom has definitely said things to me like, oh, don't act like that boys won't like you. But like, yeah. And Susan's torn between two worlds. What does she really want? She wants a fist-pumping, raucous celebration of her accomplishments. She's feeling fierce and powerful, but fierce and powerful don't feel feminine. And she likes Jim a lot. So Susan tells Jim about her success, but downplays it. Substituting a fierce and powerful with fun, charming, and unintimidating. Not surprisingly, the date falls flat. Awkwardness, the clay-footed compromise between impulse and inhibition, takes over, which is a beautiful statement. Wow. (laughs) And neither Jim nor Susan find that easy connection that they felt in the past. Susan leaves, feeling vaguely hollow and disappointed. It's like these are two people. She was authentically herself on the first date, has a big moment where she's authentically trying to be a powerful, fiery person because she's feeling it. She's feeling those emotions, chooses to not fully display those emotions in favor of being more feminine, fitting into her gender role. And then the date doesn't go good because she wasn't her fucking self. And I've definitely been in the situation where it's like, oh, let me ask him about his job and downplay the fact, oh, I work in advertising. And advertising is admittingly mostly men or gay men and women. So it's like not a masculine industry most of the time. And when it is a masculine industry, it's the guys who are like selling cigarettes to children. But like downplaying your accomplishments, downplaying even that like I live alone, I'm successful, I, I'm looking out onto my neighborhood from my tower apartment. Like things like that, you feel the need to downplay because you don't want to, you don't want to seem like you have your shit completely together because a man wants to like help you get your shit together and take care of you and you have nothing for him to take care of what's the point of him doing anything with you and it's fucking bullshit so Mm -hmm. in susan's case fuck this guy if he can't be excited for you susan but who's to say that susan hasn't been doing the dating thing with no luck for two five nine straight years and is just getting exhausted with the fact that nobody is at her fucking level and that's fucking scary so here's what i'll tell you because you're out there and you're going on dates and like god it would have been like a year ago now i went on dates with this like finance dude who was very self-important that he was in finance and he, he was bad. I don't think I fully told all of the really bad stories. We were having sex at one point and he sweat so hard it dripped into my eyeball. Mm. It was, it burned. Mm. It was horrifying. Like, ugh. And I like made my accomplishments feel less important so this guy could feel good about himself and feel like he, he was the big tough man. 
but that's bullshit. And in order to reaffirm that it's bullshit, I have some fun facts from some studies that I read. Fucking science. Couples with similar perspectives and displays of gender roles are consistently happier in their relationships. So if you're on the same page, much like Amanda and partner, (laughs) great. And partner. (laughs) And partner. That's his name. Partner. With like a little cowboy tip. Love it. Like, I think that my partner and I are pretty much on the same page with gender rules. Like, we have a running tally of the number of times waiters have given him the bill that I then go pay, and then they give it back to him, despite my name being on it. See, usually they just put it in the middle for us. That's what I've noticed. No, they give it to him every time. Because I think my partner also displays he is six foot four and has a beard. Like, he is look like a man. Yeah. And so I think... Like, that also, like, his appearance plays into it as well. But, like, but we are on the same page of, like, that's bullshit and it doesn't fucking matter. So being on the same page as your partner will make you automatically happier. However, very masculine husbands with very feminine wives find that they feel less understanding, less love, and less contentment in their marriages. Mm. So if you agree that you belong in your gender roles, you're not going to be happy. (laughs) You're only going to be happy if you don't believe in gender roles. (laughs) Because couples with non-traditional gender roles are shown to have more satisfying sex lives. Hey. So basically, looking at this paradox of like, should I comply with this? Should I not? Your sex will be better if you throw gender roles out the window and find someone who's done the same. And even if you're not finding someone who's fully done the same, convince them. We need Because we need more people to be on board with that this is bullshit because it is. Mm-hmm. And how do you use a person also move forward and be authentic out there dating and live beyond the traditional gender roles? How do you how do you go about that? Because like it's fine that you listen to this podcast and you're like, oh, this, this is very valid. I'll I'll fuck better if I if I don't believe in gender roles. Like, how do you go about and like really actively help change the conversation? Um, watch your gendered speech, as we talked about at the top, where I don't know Jonathan Van Ness's uh pronouns like be respectful of people's pronouns honestly use they when you don't know is my mm-hmm. point of advice like if you the mailman dropped off a package and they put it at the wrong doorstep a door like you don't know if that was a man or a woman male person mailman is even gendered male person delivery person like chill on the gendered speech it's hard but like if you're consistent about it it's helpful Educate Mm -hmm. and support causes that educate women in areas traditionally dominated by men, whether that is supporting women in STEM, supporting women in management, supporting um, women in faraway lands that need help. Mm -hmm. Like making sure that women are economically brought up is just as important because those are the people who are in power, the people with money. Mm -hmm. Until we get rid of the capitalism, that's the way it's going to be. And just generally don't put up with this fucking bullshit, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Live your life, display your value, and kick ass. I think if we all lived authentically to whatever we were trying to do, the world would be a lot more upfront of a place and le- have less of this gender role nonsense. Like, my whole story is the idea of, like, you're brought into a dating situation and you don't live authentically and you aren't upfront about your feelings and how it can it can stem into a problem. Like, be yourself. And even mm-hmm. if that... Honestly, it's it's your American right to be a jackass, even if you firmly believe in gender roles and how important they are and that, like, the women's sphere will make sure that all men get laid because you're a fucking incel. Mm-hmm. Like, that's your opinion. But be upfront about it. Because yeah. if you're upfront about it, you won't get laid. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Deal. With uh, that, we come to the end of our show. Yay. And we don't have a listener story this week, um, but I think the Reddit article was, or the Reddit post was good. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's a lot. What we just talked about is a lot. Um, It takes a lot to process. Nobody's perfect, (laughs) as Hannah Montana said. Um, I literally told a patient the other day, I was like, as the wise Hannah Montana once said, nobody's (laughs) perfect. And she (laughs) fucking died. Um, I do that all the time in conversation. As a wise prophet. Like Zac Efron once said. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
Incredible. As a, as the sage once said, nobody's perfect. <clears throat> oh, that was beautiful. We got him. Oh. We got him. Um, That's my happy ending. Amanda's yes. burps. You're welcome. What is your happy ending? Or is that actually? Oh, my happy ending is these loafers that I bought. They're on my counter because I need to like clip the the Thingy. string holding them together. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna wear them tomorrow, and oh, it's a little like gold detail on the uh, heel. I'm like very excited, it, <laughs> but they do look very masculine, and I'm very excited about that aspect. I like looked and I was like, yeah, I, I want to wear this with dark jeans, a t-shirt, and a blazer. Now I'm gonna look fly as fuck incredible i also think that i dress more masculinely when i'm in a relationship that's weird thing we can get into later but i feel like i i get less girly when i'm in a committed relationship also probably because like i mean we can really deep dive into the psychology of it but to be you probably wanted to be more feminine presenting to attract Mm -hmm. more guys right so exactly it's that not living authentically bullshit i just gotta live authentically and dress a little bit more masculinely because like i'm I don't do button-up shirts, but I do a lot of other things, and I pull it off. There you, there you go. What's your so, happy ending, baby? My happy ending is that I am feeling much better. Um, this week, this past week was really rough. Um, I had like two panic attacks, and I just was. It was a really long week at work, and it was just very stressful because a lot of my like internal life stressors were uh bubbling over but it Mm -hmm. has i see i feel much better this weekend was wonderful so um, that is my happy ending hooray hurrah woo kalu kale (laughs) oh wait i'm looking at the wrong google doc with that guys like we said at the top um if you do have any opinions or stories or anything about what we discussed today have describe yourself as any of those terms feel any type of way and you want to tell us that's fucking awesome but if you'd like to submit your own worst date horror story sex mishap bone or blunder gender expression way you do things pictures of your closet if you're gender fluid because i'll probably love it feel free to submit named or anonymous stories to 50 worst states podcast at gmail.com or slide into our dms at 50 worst states pod on instagram if you think we're valid sources for advice and want to ask us questions, we'll take those emails too. Woo! Our goal is to base future episodes after stories that are not our own or just for advice. Um, so, yeah. yeah, we haven't been on that many bad dates and now we're both uh, in relationships. So that... We'll never go on podcast. a bad date again. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> I was on a bad date last night. My boyfriend knows about it. I'm mad. <laughs> If you love our music, it's from bensound.com. And if you love our cover art, it's by Tori Scranton. Um, hit her up on T Scranton Art on Instagram and or Etsy. Woo! We'll talk to you guys next week about another thing. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and all that shit. Woo! And share with your friends. Share, share your Instagram stories. Bye-bye. Sharing is caring. Bye. Bye. <laughs> that was great. <laughs>